Here are some reasons why you shouldn't read too much. Welcome to the Paul Miners Podcast, the show that will help you to optimize your time, income, and lifestyle fast. Get more done with actionable, easy-to-follow advice and learn how to live life on your terms. And now, introducing your host, Paul Miners. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Paul Miners Podcast 2, episode number 138, Why You Shouldn't Read Too Much. Thank you, as always, for tuning into this episode. I really, really do appreciate your time and your attention listening to this podcast. Uh, recording the podcast is actually one of my favorite things to do during the week. I just wish I could do it more. Um, I'm not because I do one episode a week. And as you've probably noticed, I try and keep them really bite-sized and easy to consume. I quite enjoy the shorter podcasts, but I really do enjoy bringing these episodes to you. So thanks for your continued support. Now today, where did the motivation for this come from? I don't really know. I think it just came about after seeing one too many of these statements about how many books CEOs read. Now, uh, before I get into it, by the way, if you want to find links to any of the things I'm going to talk about today, you can find those at paulminers.com slash 138. I've, I've linked to a couple of interesting articles. Because, yeah, as I said, you've probably seen this as well. If you're in the self-improvement kind of space like me, you've probably th seen facts and statements like this being thrown around a lot. Like the average CEO reads 60 books a year. And I've linked to an article quoting that. Or maybe that they read four to five books per month. Um Reading is kind of positioned as being a prerequisite for success. So, for example, there's people like Warren Buffett, who supposedly reads, read for five to six hours a day, and Bill Gates reads 50 books a year. And they read a lot, which which is why they're successful. But my, I've sort of been, I've seen these statements, these facts thrown around a lot, and I've been like, is this really accurate? Is this really true? Um, I see these statements being thrown around. And I've never seen any studies actually proving this. I, I want to see the study. Who actually sat down? Who are these CEOs? Who sat them down and asked them, how many books do you read? I couldn't find anything. What I did find, this is quite interesting. What I did find was a post on LinkedIn. Some guy had literally answered this question for me. He'd, he'd been seeing the same thing. Um, and what the author did is he went back through these posts and you can actually kind of follow the breadcrumb trail. He found a post that was saying, you know, average CEO reads 60 books a year. That post linked to a previous post, which had cited and quoted this number. That post linked to another post. That post linked to another post. It was kind of just going back and back. And all these people writing blog posts and articles uh, on big reputable sources as well, they're all just quoting other blog posts. There was no source. There was no study. He couldn't find a study which actually went back to here are the CEOs we've talked to and here are the books that they read. N they all just are just, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of people linking to each other. So that was that was really interesting. And definitely going back and, and look, I've linked to this guy's post because he, he kind of has, has been questioning this as well. Now, we all know that reading is important. And I'm not doubting that Warren Buffett or Bill Gates read a lot. Um, I'm, I'm sure if they read a lot, fine. I'm questioning, though, how much time the average person like you and me should spend reading. Um, reading has been like I said, put on a pedestal as being like a habit that you have to have in order to be successful. And CEOs are used as the example of people who are successful because of how much they read. But I think, should we be looking at it the other way? Like, are these people successful despite the fact that they read? You know, Bill Gates might read 50 books a year, but do you really think he was doing this back when he started Microsoft in the 1970s? I, I highly doubt he was reading 50 books a week when he started Microsoft. And so I, w I really want to emphasize here, because I, I might get some backlash, 
I'm not saying that reading is bad or that you shouldn't read. That's not what I'm trying to say here. I'm, well, I think I am where I am today because of some of the books that I've read, no doubt about that. But I do think we have to be careful how much we read. And so here, what follows is my list of tips that you can follow to become what I think is a more mindful reader. So here we go. Number one, um, reading is a realizing that reading is a distraction from real work. This is probably my biggest issue with reading because reading gives us this feeling of being productive, like we're doing something good with our time. But all the time you're reading, you're not actually doing anything meaningful. You're not creating anything. You're not helping anyone. And I agree. Again, please don't get me wrong. I agree it's a great way to invest in yourself and develop your thinking, and we should read on a regular basis. But just because Warren Buffett reads five to six hours a day doesn't mean you need to read as well or read that much as well. So in fact, Warren Buffett, he spends this time reading annual reports. He's not necessarily, I don't think, but from what I've read, (laughs) he's not reading uh, books. He's reading annual reports and industry studies because he needs to read these things to learn about different companies so that he knows what to invest in. But people hear this headline that he reads for five hours a day and they take it out of context. And so they use that as an excuse to then go and say, oh, I need to read all this much and I can be like Warren Buffett. And I think in, in extreme cases, reading a lot is used as basically an excuse to avoid the real work because it gives us an, a, a false feeling of productivity um, that we can use as a way to procrastinate without feeling guilty. And often we read to distract ourselves from the hard work, which is, you know, I don't know, if you're in sales, like doing selling, asking for, asking for the sale or building that website or doing that thing you're, you're, you're avoiding. Second thing here is, um, and this is really the solution I feel, which is to follow, and I've talked about this before, a just-in-time approach to reading. I actually talked about this on my in my interview last week with uh, Joe and Matt from Evergreen Profits. And so instead of setting a reading goal, a lot of people have reading goals. I've tried reading goals as well. I never stick to them. Instead of setting a reading goal, I follow a just-in-time approach to reading. So if I need to learn about a particular topic, or if I feel like I personally need to develop myself in a certain area, I'll go and read up about that subject. What most people do is they set a reading goal, read whatever they need to, to to hit this target, and they forget most of what they've read anyway. And so rather than reading for the sake of reading, following a just-in-time approach gives your reading more purpose because you're identifying a problem or a gap in your knowledge, and you read so that you can go and find a solution. It means you're actually doing something with the books that you're reading. And years ago, I I used to read a lot more. When I was starting my business, there was a lot to learn. Even just at that stage in life, I I, I felt like I had a lot of learning to do. I felt like I could learn a lot. Now I read less not because I feel like I know everything by far and by far from it. Um, I read because I've kind of prioritized doing my work. Like right now, my time is better spent just working on my business. And I do read still regularly, but I don't have the same emphasis on reading that I once did when I was kind of first starting my business and getting into this new realm, all these new topics and ideas. Number three, my third kind of piece of advice here is to not browse the news, because by reading, I don't just mean books. Uh, Reading the news is another great way that we fill time and trick ourselves into feeling productive. And when you step back and ask yourself how reading the news benefits you, it's really hard to justify. Uh, Because sure, it might be nice to be informed. Um, That's the that's the excuse people like to give is I need to be informed. Uh, But does that really make your life better, especially when most of the news article is kind of negative anyway? And so as the as the advertising model behind our news has shifted online, news outlets are now required to produce a lot more content in order to increase their ad revenue because it, they make money just by creating more articles, getting more impressions on their ads. And the more controversial or clickbaity the headline, the better. 
and we all we've all heard about the kind of era of fake news that we're living in on uh, uh, that we're living in nowadays and so do i read the news sure i do read the news but i never go to news websites and browse which i think some people do they open up whatever i don't know new york times or your chosen news site and they browse articles i never do that i let other people filter the news for me and so they say that cream rises to the top and it's the same with news so for me i get most of my news through twitter from the people that i follow and the stuff that's like the stuff that's worth hearing about will be shared and it means that i don't have to go looking for the news it kind of the good stuff will rise to the top people will share it and i follow people that have similar interests to me technology whatever and the good news I, I see on there and i don't have to go browsing the news this episode of the paul miners podcast is sponsored by gusto now if you run a small business like me or you know someone who does you probably know that business owners have to wear a lot of hats and some of those hats are totally great for example making this podcast but some like filing taxes and running payroll for example are not so great and that's where gusto comes in Gusto makes payroll, taxes, and HR actually easy for small businesses. Fast, simple payroll processing, benefits, and expert HR support all in one place. Gusto automatically pays and files your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Plus, they make it easy to add on health benefits and even 401ks for your team. Now, those old-school clunky payroll providers just weren't built for the modern way that small businesses work, but Gusto is. So let them wear one of your many hats. Listeners can get their first three months free when they file their first payroll. Try a demo and see for yourself at gusto.com slash pool. That's gusto, G-U-S-T-O dot com slash pool. And thank you, Gusto, for sponsoring this episode of the Pool Miners podcast. My fourth kind of piece of tip here, uh, my piece of tip, my fourth tip is to keep blogs and newsletters to a minimum. Again, something you've maybe heard me talk about before in, in terms of consolidating email. And it's, yeah, the same is true of blogs and newsletters, just as with books and, and news talked about it before on my blog and so i do recommend keeping the people you follow or subscribe to to a minimum and that goes for me as well quite honestly if you don't get value from my content there's no point to keep following me um i choose to follow the people whose values that align with my own so for example paul jarvis who's somebody i've mentioned a few times who i interviewed on my podcast earlier this year he runs an online business not that dissimilar to me he came from a freelancing background kind of similar i mean i'm kind of doing consulting now but he was a freelancer he now sells digital products so not not that sort of dissimilar business to me he's further down the track than i am which is great because i can learn a lot from him and his experiences and he and most importantly he has similar views on things like work-life balance and business growth and this brings me back to the whole CEO reading thing. Uh, even if you believe, let's say for an argument's sake, even if you believe that a CEO reads 60 books a year, does that mean you should as well? Because I'm not Bill Gates, nor do I want to be. So I'm not going to adopt his habits just because I think that reading a load of books will make me as rich as Warren Buffett or as successful as Bill Gates. I care more about the habits of people who I'd like to be more like like Paul, the Paul Jarvises of the world, someone similar to me, a few years ahead of me, what is he doing? Uh, that's kind of what excites me more. And final kind of piece of advice, takeaway point here is to keep your reading list, your read later list to a minimum, um, because there are loads of great read later services out there that help us track the interesting kind of articles and things we find online that we can come back to later. And for years, I've used Pocket for this. I'm actually now just using, using the reading list that's built into iOS and macOS. And the key thing with these read later lists is not letting it go, get overcrowded. Because if you do, you end up with a list of like dozens, sometimes sometimes hundreds of articles that you're probably never going to read, but you now feel guilty about 
because you haven't read them. <laughs> By adding them to the list and not reading them, you actually make yourself feel bad. And so I usually have less than five things on my read later list, making it much easier to keep up with. And uh, if you use a read later service like this, next time you find yourself adding to the list, you should really ask yourself if you really want to read it. And, you, you know, be honest. If you're not going to come back to it, don't put it on the list. And it, this is, again, made a lot easier if you follow the just-in-time approach that I mentioned before. So I'll give you an example. At the moment, I am in the process of migrating my email list from MailChimp to ConvertKit. I'm switching providers. And the other day, I actually came across a video. I know we're talking about reading, but it, it, it still applies. I came across a video by Pat Flynn about how he uses ConvertKit. And so I added this to my reading list, uh, my read later list. Uh, it's just a link to a video because I was like, yep, yeah, that'll be worth seeing. It, the video is highly relevant to what I'm doing right now. Uh, and I'm not just mindlessly consuming content. So I, again, I follow that just-in-time approach with my read later list. If it's something that will help me that I can apply and use, great. I'll read that later. Um, don't mind that. It's it's kind of just the mindless uh, stuff that maybe doesn't benefit me or I'm not going to use that I want to keep off my list. So I'll finish by saying again, I'm not saying you shouldn't read at all, uh, but I do think we could be more mindful instead of just setting ridiculous reading goals. The goal is to, at the end of the day, retain and actually use what you've learned and not just read for the sake of hitting a target. So what do you think about this topic? What do you think about reading? What do you think about setting targets and, and being more mindful with reading? And these statements being thrown around, CEOs read 50 books a year. Still, I have not found a study citing that. If you have found the study, can you please send it to me? Because I want to see what CEOs they talk to and, and see how they conducted this study. I see this thrown around a lot, and it's just mind-blowing. What do you think about this? Head on over to the blog. Get in touch with me, paulminers.com slash 138. You can find me on Twitter, reply to my emails, all that good stuff. Thank you one more time for your time and attention today. Thank you for listening, and I will catch you next time on the Paul Miners Podcast. Thank you very much for listening to the Paul Miners Podcast. Two quick things before I go. Firstly, if you enjoyed this episode or if you have any feedback, please leave me a review on iTunes. It really does mean a lot to me because it helps the show to get uh, discovered so that more people can benefit from the content, and I would love your help getting the show out there. So please, if you have a minute, I would love a review on iTunes. And uh, on that note, if you want to give me any more feedback, you can always reach out to me via my blog, leave me a comment, or if you're on my newsletter list, you can respond to any of my emails as well. I really do love hearing from my listeners and hearing what you want to learn about and getting your feedback. Number two, if you want to connect with me on a more regular basis, you can become a VIP member of my website. Head to paulminers.com VIP to learn about my membership options and how to get access to my private Slack community. This has typically been reserved for my uh, high-end customers in the past, but I've opened it up for the first time. So head on over to the website paulminers.com VIP to learn how you can get access to my private Slack channel, where you'll also get access to my complete library of book summaries as well. One more time, thank you very much for listening, and I will catch you next time on the Paul Miners Podcast.